Here it comes. It's the Music City Real Estate Show with Andrew Buckwalter. Coming to you from his roving camper studio, The Rambler, in Nashville, Tennessee. Join us as we travel about town to discover the best real estate in areas you want to know about. With expert advice, finding the best deals, and meeting Music City's hit makers and emerging artists who call Nashville their home. And now, here's Andrew. Hello, Nashville and all the other listeners out there. Thank you so much for tuning in to Episode 9 of Music City Real Estate Show. Hope you enjoyed Episode 8 as we finished out the month of July sitting down with Brandon Hutchinson, and we discussed credit and loan options and refinance. If you have any questions about those, give me a shout. I can connect you with uh, Brandon. And if you did not listen to those podcasts and you're in the market to buy or refinance or just want to get your credit um, top notch, make sure to listen to those episodes. A lot of details and specifics about how to go about that. Also, uh, sat down with Eric. Had a great interview with him. Hopefully you enjoyed that music. For episode nine, I'm sitting down with Brent Gambrell of A Door to Hope Ministries. They do a nonprofit work and ministry work in Haiti. I've actually taken a couple of trips with the ministry. Great experience. You'll love uh, hearing what Brent has to say. He's funny and he gets up and talks to people all the time. So he was pretty enjoyable to get down and for the month of August, I'll be partnering with the Door to Hope, and I will have a goal of reaching $5,500 to build a house through their ministry of Blocks of Hope. So every closing I have for the month of August, proceeds will go towards that goal, and any referrals I'll get, I'll donate 25 bucks towards the goal as well. And if you have any desire to help out, would be happy to um, uh put you in contact with them and you could help me reach that goal for the month of August. Again, that's 50 out of a hundred bucks to build a house in Haiti. If you have any further questions regarding that, please reach out to me and I can give you more details on that. All right. I am sitting here with Brent Gambrell. He is the president of a door to hope Mm -hmm. and uh, amongst other things, speaker, comedian, cook, um, friend, client, client. I mean, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I've known Brent for, well, you know, I've known him, known him probably for a couple years, but then prior to that, I've known of him for several years. Um, yeah. through our church. Um, mm-hmm. and then he, uh, I've actually gone to Haiti a couple times with his uh, ministry. Um, mm-hmm. awesome trips. Obviously, life changing for many. I would Absolutely. say you've probably changed a few lives um, through your ministry over the last. Uh, it's been uh, what? cool to see. How many years? Uh, we've been in Haiti uh, about fifteen years now. Wow! Yeah, right at fifteen years. Well, so That's I won't crazy. talk much more. I'll let him introduce um, his ministry and okay. all that he's doing, all the great stuff. So tell us about a door to hope. How you got started? Why Haiti? Um, well, um, about fifteen years ago, I was drugged to Haiti. Um, by, by a friend of mine. I was speaking um, down at a church in Orlando every Tuesday night, flying back here on Wednesdays. And the worship leader there's parents began a ministry 30 years earlier. It was starting to, it was starting to kind of dwindle and they needed somebody to boost it. And 
they he begged me and begged me and begged me to come and i said uh, no i'm i'm sorry i'm fat i don't like the heat i don't look good in khaki um, I don't have a pith helmet. I came up with every excuse possible. And then I finally said, yeah. And I got sucked in. I fell in love with the people of Haiti and um, saw that I couldn't do everything. But there were some things that I knew I could do because that I because I travel as a speaker, because uh, I'm in front of so many people every year that I could be an advocate for for Haiti. And it worked and, and, and God started blessing it like crazy. And, um, we started taking one team and this year, I think we took 16 teams this year. So we're in Haiti constantly. We were there during the earthquake. Um, we were the first plane on the ground the night after the earthquake. Um, when the, when the airplane, when the airport was still broken. Um, and we had so many connections by that time that we have now branched off and it's been crazy. God's really blessed it. Um, brought hundreds and hundreds of people to the country and lots of resources. So, and then, so you were in it pro- how many years prior to the earthquake? About seven years. And so, then, so seven years and the earthquake happens. And at that point, what, in a few year span, how many, um, what do they call the ministries that, that reached Haiti? Oh, yeah. Well, right Before the earthquake. What's the proper term for that? NGOs, okay, non-governmental right. organizations. Before the earthquake in Haiti, there were about 9,000, from what I understand, NGOs in the country. From what I understand, there were over 20,000 after the earthquake, and we're back down to about 10, okay. 10,000. So. Um, we, we, you know, I hate to say it, but we always say we were Haiti before Haiti was cool because everybody jumped into Haiti and we certainly did appreciate it. Um, but we're now seeing, you know, we were in it for the long haul and we still are. So we're in it for sustainability. We're in it to come alongside. We are a paramissional organization. We own nothing in Haiti. We come alongside organizations and pastors and churches and we, we basically boost what they do, um, we come in with education. We have three programs in Haiti. A Door to Hope is con- consists of um, uh, the Key to Hope, and we believe the Key to Hope is education. And so we come along in undergird schools. We have the, the Blocks of Hope. Since the earthquake, that Blocks of Hope builds homes. Um, it also builds churches. Uh, and then uh, we have the Foundation of Hope, which undergirds churches through education, discipleship, things like that. So, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's grown exponentially since, since we began. And, um, I just try to stay on top of it. I have an incredible staff. They're all smarter than I am and they all know it. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, knowing wow. you. Wow. That probably wow. is. Thanks. It's really not that hard to be that much smarter. <laughs> no, it's not. It really isn't. So thanks for that. I appreciate that. So remember, many, I'm still your client. Yeah. How many, how many, um, how many ministries are you kind of partnered with, like, within Haiti? That, well, you know? right now, uh, Baptist Haiti Mission, uh, we undergird a school that's um, – it has nothing to do with Baptists here in the United States. It's a separate organization in Haiti. Um, we're also a part of a um, of a church uh, plant in a place called Fauché um, next to Grand Guave in Haiti. Um, with a How pap- have you all been there? Um, well, actually, the pastor there, Arnold, is the very first man I ever met in Haiti. Okay, um, first Haitian man. Yeah, I can't remember all the stories you told that one night. Yeah, he's the he's the very first awesome man ones. I ever met in Haiti, and and we ended up our ministry ended up paying for his seminary, 
And, and when he got out of seminary, he started his own church. We didn't know that. And a couple years later, um, we found out that he started a church and we wanted to come help him. So, um, we, we started helping him, um, and we're going to be really begin pouring a lot more into it. We actually have a new facility we're staying in, in this area. It's on the beach. And for everybody that wants to go to Haiti, it's on the beach and it's got air conditioning. It's crazy. Nice. It's absolutely crazy. It's amazing. It's an amazing place. Now, what are the seasons in Haiti on the beach? I know what the mountains there's, feel like. There's um, disgustingly hot, hell hot, and then lava. Those are the seasons, really. In so, Haiti. really, okay. So, <laughs> do do mosquitoes line up with those same well, seasons? Well, on the beach areas, it, if you don't use 100% DEET, they pretty much will just lick it off as a cocktail before dinner, and then they'll chew on you. So, yeah. Down there on the beaches, it's, it's... Actually, so where are you from in Florida? Oh, I'm from a little north of Orlando. I'm from central Florida. Okay, so I was in um, Venice Oh yeah, for a couple of days. Yeah. And one evening, it had rained. I went outside to put the bikes on the rack for the next day. Man, it was ridiculous. So you came back. I mean, no, you, ju- well, no, I was actually... I was dancing, stomping mosquitoes off because I was. It, it just irritates me. I want to kill them, yeah. but there were so many of them, and they love me. But yeah. they were literally just swarming. I just walked out mm-hmm. there, and it was like, Whoa! dude, it, I, it's crazy. My arms don't even tan anymore because of the amount of deet I've had, and my legs. But I will say this: twice that I've gone to Haiti, mm-hmm. I don't really think I needed any mosquitoes because, because of where you're I in went. the mountains. Yes. That's our. That's our other. We have two mountain. Uh, facilities that we that we work in and those villages up in the mountains and it you sleep with blankets at night i mean it gets cold you know that yeah it was nice it gets cold uh, at night it, it and actually during certain seasons i mean it's it can be chilly in the mornings you're cold in the mornings and you might sweat during the day but it's it's less than florida up in those mountains because you are you oh yeah haiti it was means very mountainous nice. the word right. haiti means mountainous basically most of haiti that that part of the island of hispanola is just mountains going into the sea so um, you're either in the mountains or you're on the beach. There's really nothing in between, you know. Yeah, it's funny. As you sit here and talk, I just, I'm envisioning, you know, washing the clothes or, or I was thinking the last and trip. And you weren't good at it. You no, didn't do no. well. Yeah, you no. know what? I think they you do didn't. something to where no. they make you try something. No. Can you do it? Can yeah. you make it? You, squish, gotta, squish, you have to make squish, a sound. Squish, squish. You have to go. But here, you know, so, yeah. so the logical side of me, I'm thinking, you know, I think it's just something that you you just got to get a sudsy. It's not really cleaning it any more than oh, if I'm yeah, doing it. Oh yeah, right, think it is? right. That's why yeah. the, that's why the ladies in Haiti. What what you're referring to that your your audience doesn't know is that is that we do a thing called immersion, where half a day when you're on a trip with us, half a day you will spend of one of those days you're in Haiti with us with a family, and one of the things we do is we wash their clothes. But the mo- the biggest thing is it's a cultural exchange. We want you to talk to them, get to know them, them get to know you. Because I'd rather people leave with a fan- with with a friend than a project done. It's it really for me is more about the relationships we build with these people. It's showing the love exactly, right. exactly. Right. And 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 again, um, so yeah. So you wash clothes, and the ladies now bring out because they know Americans cannot wash clothes by hand. They bring out the clean clean clothes. clothes. That's exactly <laughs> what they did. They brought out clean clothes, and they smile at you and go, "Here, this is what you can wash." You know, it was cool though. The last time I was there, um, one of the women that we were helping wash her clothes, she was pregnant, mm-hmm. and uh, um, we all, you know, put her 
her hands on her belly, you know, and and I think I jokingly said something about, um, yeah, you can pray or you can name. I think I can't remember. I think it was a boy. No, we, they didn't know boy or girl. And I want to say we picked the names, mm-hmm. but I don't remember if she had a boy or girl. Do you know? I don't remember. And I don't remember the names, but it was just a cool experience. And they let one. you pick the yeah. name. It's crazy. Yeah, like they're, they really, they're such a loving people. Yeah. And imagine you have people coming into your home from America when they're the they're the the poorest country in our hemisphere and they're the second poorest country in the in in the world it kind of teeters between second third and fourth they go up and down but to have an american come to their home is an honor for them they they love it they bring out the best chairs um, they are the sweetest people I, as a as a whole they're mm-hmm. what i call what well what sociologists call a warm society they are hospitable they love their neighbors they 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 they're outside all the time. People say, "Why do you build?" When we build homes, we build basically two room homes. People say, "Man, that's so small!" And four people, five people are going to live here. Yes, because they only sleep in there. They don't have electricity, so they sleep in those homes. But they're they're outside. That's where they're shelling peas and cooking, and they have cookhouses. And so they're they're they're. It's a it's a warm society because they sit outside with their neighbors. Right, I was going to say. So it yeah. is definitely. I think a, I told you a long time ago. My grandfather said the worst thing that ever happened to America was air conditioning. Right, I because we don't know or, our neighbors and anymore. Garages too are are sometimes can be a deterrent. Because hey. I mean, really, I've noticed like in the when I used to because we use our garage. And or even in the winter, you don't get out as much. In the summer, it's like, oh hey, people are alive around and the I, neighborhood. That's the know? one thing I love about. I've learned a lot about myself was just how closed off I am to my neighbors and to the people around me. When in Haiti, you know everybody around you. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know who has it better. I, you know, people always say, man, Haiti is so horrible. Uh, I don't know. Right. I think in a lot of ways they have it better than we do. I think it all, yeah, I think it depends on, um, well, one, a lot of it is gaining perspective. You mm-hmm. know? I know a couple of times, I think probably the first time, I went on a trip, and you get back. It's like you have such an experience there. Um, but, well, and obviously, I didn't have the same experience. But for me, it's like you know what the world holds, which is can be chaos, mm-hmm. business, life, kids, all that stuff. And over there, the simplicity of everything. For yeah. me, that's what's so appealing. Like, it's I because love that, our, you know? they're not after stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's not about going there, you know, and trying to um, – because I, I know what, one of the first trips we went, we had suitcases full of peanut butter and all this stuff, mm-hmm. right? And y'all gave it all out. Right, helping the orphanages and stuff. Then, yeah. But then the next time, y'all basically are like, y'all kind of pulled back we're from back that. To, yeah, we're back to normal. After okay. the earthquake, there were huge needs. Right. And then as we've gone back to what we're there to do, we're there to build sustainability, self-sustaining ministries for these people. Because if you're bringing, you know, basically it was like we were kind of a little bit, once they got to that point where they could sustain to some degree, mm-hmm. you know, we were taken away from their business because yeah, we were bringing people don't stuff. understand that, that Americans are giving. We want to be giving. But one of the things like Goodwill, if you don't buy it, it ends up in Haiti in massive. Uh, they just dump millions of pounds on Haiti. Of old of clothes. Well, the problem is people gather them up there on the docks and take them out to the villages and sell that shirt for pennies on the dollar. Well, could you ever have a store that sold clothes? No, because we're getting them for free. 
uh, one of the even Bill Clinton said the Bill Clinton said that the 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 one of his worst mistakes besides all the other ones but but, <laughs> no, but but he said his his worst mistake that he regrets the most was what he did to Haiti because he subsidized American rice farmers because he thought if we just subsidize them then we can give this rice to Haitians what he didn't know was there were thousands of Haitian rice farmers that he put out of business. They couldn't sell their rice because we were giving it for free. Right. It's not even about competition. It's about No, just- we literally just knocked thousands of people out of business and children starved because we gave free rice. Those families lost their jobs. And so how has that changed? has that, is that getting back? You know, we are getting are a back lot of the, the yeah. are a lot of the um ministries doing what you guys are doing yes, in terms of that? Yes, there is a huge movement, and that's all over the world, a huge movement toward self-sustainability. I would rather, just just like with orphanages, I love orphanages. I love to work was, with that orphans. That was my next question. Yeah, I love to work with orphans. I, I, I just, I love this. They're, they're so sweet. We They need our help. But three quarters of the orphans from the last statistic, up to three quarters of the, of the orphans in, in orphanages, even around the world, but especially in Haiti, have parents, one or both parents, but they're given up because they can have a better life than at their own home. They can't afford them. So uh, when you sit down with a mom and you say, Mama, are you happy that, that your child is in the orphanage? Yes, Pastor. They call me Pastor Buent. They say, yes, Pastor Buent. Are, are you excited that she might go to the United States? Yes, Pastor. Mama, if you had the money, would you keep your child? And she drops her head. She drops her head. Well, of course she would want to keep her child if she can afford it. So why not? One of the things that we want to start doing is is actually identifying families that might lose their children and help them. That's one of the things that the, the ministry might. It, 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 we're considering how to do it right now. But that's an entirely different avenue that we may go down. I don't know. Well, we'll I, see. I think it's cool, too, that regardless if you do or don't do it, I know that you guys are not one that says, hey, we're just setting our ways. This is how we're doing it. You and other people within yeah, are we wanna, always. We, we want to find out the needs. Right. Um, in fact, that's something that we've just done. Um, we're actually spawning and, 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 and sponsoring, not, well, beginning, a new ministry up in a mountain area that needs a full-time organization up there. We're helping a, 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 an organization start and actually, I'm losing a couple of employees mm-hmm. um, to start a new ministry that's going to require a staff up in this mountain area that that's going to need more than we do. So I believe in growth. It just doesn't have to be us that does the growing. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I don't believe in competition among ministries. Right. I believe that we should, you know, if, if I, we see a need up there, let's start that ministry, help them, help fund them. We're going to be bringing groups and 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 helping fund their ministry, but it's going to be a brand new ministry. It'll have its own, you know, its its own entity up there, and that's it's uh, that's exciting. Right. There's been right. several people that have gone with us to Haiti. Several, like five or six, ministries have begun from people coming to coming to Haiti with us several years, and then finally saying, "Look, I see this need. We're gonna. I'm gonna start this ministry. There's a clinic going on. There's a cl- two clinics up in the mountains going on." There's a ministry going on right now in another village um, 
to handicap children that's going on because of us. There's a there's a couple of interns that are working there. It's crazy. It's all kinds of all kinds of stuff is have, have, have kind of branched off of who we are, and I love that. That's yeah. great. So, how many open trips? Like you know, if people listen and they want to get involved and go, um, how do they? Well, people can get, get involved several ways. They can, of course, we're always looking for people to help, like in our blocks of hope. Right now, we're doing a, a push again. We're starting here in, in, the, in the next month or so doing a push to try to get people to help us build homes in Haiti. Our homes are $5,500. They can sponsor a home for a family for $5,500. That's, that's huge. Um, but for very little money, you can get a family off of, out of a mud hut. They can help by giving, of course. They can help by praying. Absolutely. We need prayer. We need wisdom. Or they can go to Haiti with us. People say, well, shouldn't I just write you a check and not go to Haiti because of the cost of the flight? And I always say, you know what? If you write us a check, that's great. And I would love it. And we spend the money. And we're very careful the way, way we spend the money. We're, we're, we're paranoid about that. But I might get one or two checks from you. <laughs> if right. you go to Haiti, just like you, your heart's part of your heart's there. Mm-hmm. And when it, when the hurricane happens or when the next massive storm comes through or another earthquake or some issue, you're going to, you're going to know people there and your heart will be there and you'll support our ministry and ministries like that for decades. So I, I, I would rather people go any day and leave part of their heart there than, than just a check. And it's too, with just a check, you're imp- impacting the ministry in Haiti being involved, you're impact, impacting those, but you're also impacting yourself too. Exactly. So I think that because people your come back too, as advocates, is, right. they do. They come back. I, I mean, always it's tell, not selfishly no. go, but the reality is, is you know, I tell people they of, get sucked into the vortex that is Haiti. They get you, you do. You get sucked in. Your heart gets sucked in. Your heart gets gets moved. And what we're doing is important. Is life changing? And so, um, I, I have got to say that we're unapologetically evangelical. I mean, we are unapologetically Christian, and I always tell people we don't just go into Haiti to make Haiti a more comfortable place to go to hell from. We go in to bring the gospel of Jesus. That's what we do. Um, Which I like a lot of it because it's not, you know, you're not literally walking the streets. You no. Know, handing out tracts or anything. You're a lot. No, we've been what do you relationship think? Nine, evangelism. Yeah, is nine, I, I mean, a big percentage of it is showing just the love. Exactly. Them, you know, and they exactly. see it, which is what, you know. I, I always, that, that gains permission to speak into somebody's life when you meet their physical needs because meeting their physical needs first, kind of is what Jesus did too, you know. He healed them before he did anything else. <laughs> right, right. You know, he had fed the 5,000 as he talked to them, you know. So, yeah, I, um, I, I, I want people to come to Haiti with us. Uh, it's $700 starting next year, $700 in 2018 plus your airfare. Um, and that covers everything. And basically you, when you hit the ground in Haiti, you're ours. And then, so how many trips like throughout the year are like, say if one person says, Hey, I really want to go or two, do you have people that can, I know I've done that three times. In 2018, we have 15 trips. Five will go to Cap Rouge, our, one of our mountain ministries. Five will go to Calbas, another mountain ministry. And five are going to Grand Guave. Or, or Fauché is what we call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they, they can choose the, 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 the beach trips or the mountain trips. Um, and the cool thing I'll say, because I've gone three times with different um, churches kind of, and there was heavier 
from one church, and I was kind of a tag along. Sure. Um, sometimes I like that. Yeah, you'll join. Sometimes you'll join, and there's three from this church, and five from this church, and ten from this church, and sometimes it's fifteen from all one church, and two or three stragglers, and and, there, and there's never any awkwardness because you're you're you become that's a team. What I love. Yeah, you, know? you become a team. That's kind of actually. I think my thought is that's the closest to uh, to being in heaven as you can be because. You, the distractions are out, and you're just showing love. Yeah, I always tell. Working, I focused. tell people now, the reason that that people get addicted to mission work like this is because for one week you become the person you've always wanted to be. You do. You become right. loving and caring and kind and flexible, and you're patient. You're patient, and you're just going to jump in and help. And you're frustrated. You're still. You're going to. You go should the, not be yeah. complaining. And you'll usually go the you extra don't. mile. You're. I mean, you're everything you've ever wanted to be, and then you arrive back in the Miami airport, That's, and you send that steak back because it wasn't right. No, it it is. Is it that is it true. does change even, people fundamentally? But even even if it's like God's using just that, mm-hmm. you know, to serve others, so be it. You know, yeah. but usually it's going to impact I'm, more. I'm telling you, I've had so many people, so many people. I just got a letter just, just the other day, an email. I say letter. Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. Email. Well, you, people still send them. Uh, ish. Yeah. Um, so we, I got, a, got an email the other day saying that my life was changed because of my trip 10 years ago. And now I'm, a, I, I, you know, I, I volunteer with my church and I've been to this country and this country and. And I, I'm sold out to missions because I was there, but it's changed my marriage and it and and it's really cool. You just see people pull their lives together because they see a greater need. You know, I. I they see that their life should be poured out to another. <laughs> so now that we've pretty much learned about the ministry and what you do there. Mm-hmm. So I know you got something else exciting about the launch. I've, yeah. I, I think I've heard a couple of chapters of it, which uh-huh. are pretty crazy and impactful. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about, about that. Well, um, September 19th, we launch uh, a, a book. I just I finished writing the book last year. Now it took, what, a month? It took to uh, 20, it 20 years or so <laughs> to write this book. I've written some other things, but... Um, you know, some people say, well, why didn't you write a book sooner? Well, I didn't have anything to say, I don't think so. <laughs> no, this this book, it's called um, Living uh, Living for Another. Um, and it's, I just called it another book. Solomon said of writing books, there'll be no end. He meant we don't need another book. So I wrote another book called Another. Um, and it is, it's about pouring your life out to another. It's, it's, be, it's about the fact that you were made to pour your life out. Um you know, Jesus said, um, Jesus said that if, if he's the vine and you're the branches, then what, what's true about the vine is true about you now. Because if, if you're grafted in the vine that's Christ, then what's true about the vine is true about you. And Jesus said the thing that fulfilled him was to do the will of the Father and finish the work. But people don't get that. They don't understand that the only thing that will ever fulfill them for Christians is to pour their lives out to people because the will of the Father was the redemption of man, to, to redeem man, to make the most of man. And the work that was fit, need to be finished by Jesus was to glorify the Father. So to pour yourself out to others and pour yourself out to God. That's what the book is about. You'll never be fulfilled until you pour your life out to others and pour your life out to God. The whole thing started, the book started because a guy sitting just like this in my office, except there were no microphones. And he started this diatribe of everything going wrong in his life and it started when he was five and i sat with a notepad and i nodded when i was supposed to and i was actually writing 
probably my, you know, grocery list. And and I nodded, and he told me this is going wrong, and that's going wrong, and this is going wrong, and that's going wrong. And I, I finally looked at him and said, man, your life stinks bad, doesn't it? And he went, Brent. And I said, man, if I had to think about you all day long, I'd be depressed. And he went, you're not a good counselor. And I said, dude, if I had to think about me all day long, I'd be depressed too. So I don't think about me. I think about others. You know, I, I just believe that we were made to live our lives like funnels, not puddles. A puddle dries up. A funnel, if you get something, if you let it pour through you to others, that's, you, you stay fresh that way. And, and that's what the book's about. It, it, it walks through the philosophy of selflessness, of if you want to gain your life, you'll lose it. That was the philosophy that Jesus left us with. Which is, ties back to, obviously, the many experiences in Haiti. Sure. Because that's what you're doing. Not only are you being what you're not, you're not thinking about yourself. Exactly. All you're doing is serving And others. I wonder why you're fulfilled at the end right. of the trip. When you've poured yourself out all week and you're completely drained and you come back and you say, man, that was the most fulfilling thing I ever did. Really? Mm, it makes sense because right. we were made to pour out. We stay fresh when we pour out. Um, you know, the, uh, Christians I always tell them we live in an upside down kingdom where where the world says, get more, get more, fill up, fill up, fill up. And they stay empty. We say, pour out, pour out, pour out, pour out. And you get fulfilled. And it's true. It really is. Um, I mean, Jesus said, if you want to gain your life, you'll lose it. That is that means voluntary lose your life and you'll gain life. It, it There's a million philosophies. So we actually walk through in the book, the another's, the love one another's, forgive one another's, submit to one another's, all the another's in the Bible. And there are tons of them. We walk through all those another's and it's kind of a rubber meets the road. How do I love my neighbor as myself? How do I? Which is interesting because, you know, like a book like that, like somebody could... <laughs> be like, oh man, that's based on Christian and Jesus, but yet mm. it's really about serving, loving others. Which is that not all? You know, so much of the political climate, everything, yeah. signs and about loving. So exactly. it's like Sigmund Freud. If you're a- Sigmund Freud, the father of of psychology and psychiatry, was asked one time, "Hey, I'm in depression. What do I do?" Now they they assumed his answer was going to be go back into your to, to the womb get in a tub and redo your birth, you know, just all these wonderful things that you were supposed to do. He said, hmm, uh, go find a bum and buy him dinner. The me monster is attacking you. Right. Pour your life out to others. Think about others. And I'm telling you, I just on the way here to do this interview had a girl from Florida, a 40-year-old woman with a child who was a drug addict, who got out of it and all this kind of stuff. She has just called me and she was having a pity party because a guy broke up with her and blah, 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 blah. And I, I said, you know, I love you. And sometimes you need a hug and sometimes you need a spanking. And right now, let me tell you, get off your backside, look at your son and start ministering to him. Because I'm telling you, the me monster is just killing you right now. Yes, you may have made a mistake with this last guy, blah, blah, blah. We all do that. There's another chapter, open it. Mm-hmm. And get up and get on with your life. There's others out there that need you. Which is, yeah, reach out, but then have have grace for yourself. And your Absolutely. And your, you Absolutely. I just, uh, I, I just, the philosophy of pouring your life out for other people. I believe it would stop racism if we considered others better than ourselves. Uh, I've, I've heard it said a long time ago, but I'll, I, I say it all the time. 
uh, we the, racism and, and misogyny and all these things. It's it is me monster. And so when we walk into a room, when you walk into a room, you rank everybody in that room. You do it subconsciously. We all do. It, it, you can rank them by, you know, economics. You can rank them by looks. You can rank them by anything. Intelligence. Who's the most important person in the room? All of that's natural. The way to cure yourself, it, it's, again, a biblical principle that says consider others better than yourself. You can rank everybody in that room as long as you rank yourself at the bottom. <laughs> You're going to rank everybody in that room. Just rank yourself at the bottom and serve everybody above you. And I'm telling you, it, 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 I know it sounds ridiculous because it sounds like a theory that is, could never be attained. But I'm not an expert in it. There's no way. There's no such thing. In fact, my staff, it cracks me up. You write a book on selflessness? Yeah. <laughs> so as soon as something is said, hmm, Brent, you need to read a book. Oh, wait, you wrote it. You know, it's great. I just love it. So I actually start the book by saying, hey, there's no such thing as an expert and I'm not one. Thanks. I blow it all the time. I'm not doing pyramidal teaching. Well, you're not perfect in it. Obviously, you've been 15 years of serving. Well, I've been 15 well, years of watching I mean, great people things. do it. Right. I've right. been I've been 15 years of learning from other people. So um, you learn from other people, and then you do the stand-up comedy. You bring the humor and well, all that I, good stuff. I, I try to be funny. Yeah, my sister, my sister never is, thought I was. You got you got the seriousness. You know that's what's kind of funny about just like me. You know, sometimes I work with a client and and they can know me as this crazy Andrew goofball, mm -hmm. right? But when it comes to real estate, you know, I can get pretty serious if I have right. to. You know, I still want to have fun with it. Sure. Um, but you still sometimes got to turn it, turn that, turn the silliness down. Sure. Turn the seriousness up. You know, yeah. and I've seen you do that. Like walking I, through the airport, it's like. <laughs> You know, you, you jump in there and you see kind of a little bit of chaos. And knowing Brent's there, it's like, ah, oh, he's got this. <laughs> like, because he has well, the connections, he knows the people. I always, you know? I always, my method of teaching even is ha, 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 ouch. Or, ha, it's, uh, I would rather get to somebody's heart through laughter than get to somebody's heart through tears. I just think... You know, when I'm teaching, when I'm when I'm preaching, I you know I don't say what I. My dad asked me one time. He said, "Son, are you ever going to go on staff at a church again or become a preacher?" I can't tell people what you do. <laughs> I was like, "Dad, I I do a talky thing. I just talk." And so I guess I'm a humorist um, that uh, yeah believes in God. So um, the cool thing is with that whole book, which I ha however mm -hmm. long it took. You did it all on your own, your own motivation, right? You don't have anybody else helping you along the way, right? Well, I mean, I learned from a million people, and then there no, was I'm somebody that, kidding them. Yeah. There's there's a one particular woman named Kathy Bell that gets that gets credit in the front of the book because um, I don't type. I type horribly, and so she's supposed to. I dictate, and so she's supposed to write it down. And I would look down at the page and go, "Hmm, Kathy, that doesn't say what I just said." And she would look up and go, "I didn't like what you said." And then she would continue to write. So it's just hilarious. And well, she'll just go, hold on. And then she'll type a long time. And I'll go, wait, that's not what I said. It's hilarious. Well, so it I've was, had a lot of people help. Yeah, well, you know, every time I'm asked, how's the book coming along? Well, and then Kathy Bell's name came in. Or she's kicking me in the butt or, you know. This exactly. That, so. I had a lot of people uh, come behind me on this. So yeah. no book is a, is a right, right, thing. Right. It really isn't. There's been a lot well, of Well, yeah, people. and even, even if you sit, um, well, I mean, obviously some authors that are crazy oh, yeah. all the time but you know a book here or there it takes 
not only somebody pushing you, but so many factors that go into it. You oh know? yeah, even that, the even the what cracks me up is like um, Abington Press, who's who who picked up the book. Um, some of the editors there. I mean, it's gone through four edits, four different editors. Um, and so each time when I sent the book off to the next editor, I would always go, okay, um, here it is. Um, if you hate it, just tell me to never write again. I write like an infant and walk away from the crayon. You know, that's what I feel. I feel like I, you know, I'm, I'm a writer only because I've got to get this stuff out of my head and get so it on paper. So what are, what are they labeled this type book? You know, you have fiction. This is Christian is, living. This okay. is Christian living. Because I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, you know, you have the, I guess you would say an artist, right, who just makes up stuff. They have these ideas and mm -hmm. they put it. But then, you know, I've read quite a few books, which are, I guess then you have kind of the teaching, which halves through experience, halves through research. Mm -hmm. But then it seems like when I think about probably this book, a this lot is of it also, has. I, people would put it in, under self-help. Okay. Or under under even a motivational a motivational book, um, but at the beginning of the book I say you can read self help books all you want. Um, that's that's a, oh, right. It's right. not about self. It's about selflessness. So um, so it, it's really not a self help book. It's a book about getting over yourself. Right. Right. And, and then hopefully you take it and apply yeah, it. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? Um, that's what I liked. I had, uh, I had read one of my favorite books is Love Does by Bob Goff mm -hmm. and, um, which it's his stories of his life, which are so impactful that, you know, he was making such an impact in the ministry. And then, um, I had, I had emailed him because actually I heard his message, um, the day my dad passed away. And, you know, you have my dad who, you know, had some addictions that controlled his life. And then, you know, when I'd reflect on Bob's story in that book, it was just, you know, it's like so opposite. Um, so anyways, I shot an email about the timing of it. And he had, um, he had replied back and one sentence he had, he's like, you know, write down journal. I don't know exactly what I said, but it was basically journal. He's like, because you probably have one or two, two books already in you. So it's kind of cool because if you're, if you're living life, like, you know, some of these stories you've told me, I don't know if they're in the book, but I'll but, tell you, most of my stories, I'm not the hero of. <laughs> right. So I, yeah, there's a million stories and there's stories all over that book. Um, mm -hmm. I kind of learned through analogy and stories. So right. they're all over the book. So when is, uh, when's that coming out? September 19th. Um, it'll be in, on Amazon starting okay. September 19th. People can get it on Amazon. That's living for another. So yeah, just look it up. Cool deal. Yeah, I got your your uh, your launch. And email. the name is Brent Gambrell. So who? B R E N T Gambrell G A M B R E L L. And what's your cell phone number so people can reach you? <laughs> <laughs> Brent at BrentGambrell.com. That's so all check, they do. check check his book out. Yeah. And then a door to hope. Uh, what's they good can go to a Facebook reach? page, a door to hope, or they can go to a door to hope .com, or the Facebook page, a door to hope, or they can go to my personal page, which is Brent Gambrell. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And, and then how, um, so like how many um, homes are y'all planning to build this year? As many as, we we work with a zero line budget. If the money is sitting in the bank, we don't let it sit there. It builds another house. So we never know how many we're going to build. And so what is, what's the the number that to build a house? Is it $5,500. That's okay. what it costs to build a home in Haiti. We actually have these kits of Lego, um, Lego blocks. They're, they're 5,500 blocks and every block's a dollar. 
and uh, as you can actually build the house out of Legos as the money comes in and do a Facebook, you know, campaign of it or do some sort of social media campaign where you're taking pictures as the house goes up. People do it at, at their businesses where people can sponsor a block for a dollar and you build that house one Lego block at a time. And when the house is finished here, we start it over there and people can come and meet the family and build the house that they raised the money for. So it's a fun trip. Our trips are Saturday to Saturday. That's what they. That's what our trips are. So, and it's a good mixture of not too. You know, you're not out in the wilderness hardcore. You might have a cold no. shower. And like I say, our new Which facility. Was fun. Our new facility. Oh, is it hot water and air conditioning on the and beach. it's all solar, right? Or is it? Uh, no, they have generators. Okay. So, yeah, okay. it's it's our, the newest facility on the beach is we're oh, that's, we're spoiled. We're going to be completely spoiled. Um, uh, people is that a good thing, off. though? Maybe you can should I just turn tell electricity you, off get, at some People point always say, sweat. well, you know, we need to, we need to. So it's really not about the Americans and how they, if you need it, if you want an air conditioner, you can have an air conditioner. It's okay. Some Haitians actually do. Right. So I, I always tell people, is it about you suffering or is it about the actual work right. that needs to be done? <laughs> people go, well, I just, you know, uh, you need to have those stories about how horrible it was. Really? So it's about really you. It's not, again, it's like, about the Haitians and what they need. So it's like go sleep outside, get right. malaria. Right. You have to get malaria. Right. Bites. You have to get malaria and someone has to come at you with a machete and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, it's a. Haiti is a beautiful place. Oh, that's people funny. Need to come. It is, man. The mountains are are awesome. I have yeah. that. I have to do a. I don't know though. You need the mosquitoes, to do a man. You need to do a beast yeah, trip. I can. I can last. It's a, It's pretty amazing. I mean, I could come back and have a good story, a suffering story. Mosquitoes. Exactly. That was attack me. What would you say? They and down there, my... there, there's also there's also tarantulas down there. Oh, there are. Yeah, you have to shake oh, your actually, shoes. Oh, actually, there were some. I think in the mountains, uh-huh. weren't there? That one. Yeah. Somebody was. They, it's usually too cold, but uh, they come in on the bananas. So, oh. Yeah, so it's awesome. I have a, awakened before with one on my face, but I had a mosquito net, so it was outside the net. But I woke up on my face. You I, also, know, I also, also sat down on in the bathroom, uh, and one tickled my backside. He was really? in there getting a drink. And, Are you serious? Oh yeah, talk about talk about. Um, Talk Making about you not, paranoid about well, sitting not, on the toilet. I just didn't go for the rest of the month, I don't think. <laughs> so, yeah, hey, you have you do have certain things about a third world country that are. Ooh, you know, and I like the uh, sugar cane. What is it? The, oh, yeah. The true sugar yeah, cane? Yeah, the, 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 the canoa, the black cane. That's beautiful. That's the eating cane. Most of the cane, it's funny, most of the sugar cane in Haiti is taken across the border to the Dominican to be made into Captain Morgan's rum. So, oh, yeah? yeah? Is that the black cane? Mm-mm. Oh. All right. Um, anything else we want to say? I uh, think we're good. Questions? I think we're good. So come to Haiti with us. Come to Haiti with us. Or look us up online, and, man, we'd love to We'd love to have you be a part of our ministry. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to uh, uh, connect with the uh, Blocks of Hope. Yeah. Do something like that. Sponsor a house, man. We need—right now, we—people have forgotten that there are probably 50,000 people— 50,000 families still in Haiti without homes seven and a half, eight years after the earthquake. We are still constantly seeing people in tarps and tents and people because we Amer- we're kind of fickle as Americans. We we sent money there. We we fixed Haiti. Right. No, we, we kind of forgot. And there are still tons of people that need homes in Haiti. And that's something that a Haitian making two dollars a day, if they have a job, three dollars a day will never be able to afford. 
All right. So to finish up, uh, let's see. Let's switch to real estate for a second. Okay. Um, I don't. I think you've done some real estate deals here recently. I have awesome um, realtor, right? Ex- Should I say that, yes. or do you need to say that? Um, my realtor has been amazing. Um, uh, I, I, I'm, actually, I tell people I almost sold my house accidentally while I was yeah, in that's Haiti. True. Um, I kind of thought that I wasn't going to put it on the market until at the end of summer, and then you said it, and I said, "Well, let's just wait." I said, I need to wait until after these repairs are done. I had a couple of repairs to do. Well, he finished, and you put the sign in the yard, and it sold in how many days? Uh, was it one? Two? One, two. Well, the bidding war look. started. Oh, yeah, so technically, yeah, yeah one. one day, yeah. It that, was weekend, crazy. that weekend. Yeah, so yeah. I found out I had sold my home when I got back. And uh, it threw me into a panic. I'm sorry, man. I feel so bad. Not right, really. Right. That, that they got way above the asking price. So, so can I just say that all of my neighbors. Yes. Thank you as well. I've met one recently. Yes. To her they today. all thank you because it drove the price up in all my in that entire complex. It was really cool. Yeah, that is good. Because yeah. there's not really many comps out there. <laughs> um, so selling, buying, obviously Probably not buying advice, but you do look at kind. Con- Actually, I've thought about um, hiring Brent as like my uh, condo connoisseur. I, I should. Or I should expert start. know all because like he knows everything about every condo. And there is not a condo like- in Nashville that I haven't walked through. Probably it's crazy. I, I'm real fickle, and uh, but I've also been looking for a long time i i, I want to see where i want to be and and now you kind of got to get a little feel where you're living for a year and yeah, see what see yeah, what you like yeah. out there and well you know you didn't give me a lot of time so i didn't yeah. find couldn't didn't even have time to find a place oh you already on that you know you blah, were blah, 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 blah. So, so um selling advice any tips you would um, uh, pass uh on? i would say you know i'm staging and moving are the things that you know my house was staged kind of before yeah, right um you, you know making sure that everything's repaired before you put it on the before you put it on the market that the major things are repaired and so i made sure i walked through and that that it was going to look good for everybody which you um, really didn't have to do anything to it right i mean really right. yeah, yeah i didn't have you're to pretty do particular so. yeah i'm real particular and then <laughs> and then um yeah and then Moving, make, plan it well. I'm, oh yeah, actually, uh, what was the thing I saw Bennett. at your house? Bennett, Bennett, it's as in B I N I T. Yeah, it, it, that's been a godsend. So honestly. you throw out um, the size of your home. Yeah, yeah I told them the size guess. of the home. They told me the amount of boxes I needed these these bins, and they deliver them with zip ties and labels. And I have filled forty five. I have a friend of mine that did sixty. So plastic, bins. you don't have to worry about tape. You no, don't have to worry no about tape, no boxes, nothing to throw away. Everything that fits in a bin can fit in a bin. And I mean, you fit. I'm, I put everything that could possibly go in. So I didn't have any extra stuff in the truck. Like you have your dogs and cats in a couple of them. Yes, right? and a roommate. Okay. It's crazy. Really? Roommate? Well, he's They're little and you, you can yeah. shove him you know, right. if he bends around. You have to cut him. He no, bends kidding. around. And- no, uh, but... Yeah, so that's, that's been cool. crazy. And then to to then you literally just line them up. This is all the kitchen. This is all the bedroom. And then you just dolly them into the truck and dolly them into the room. And you're not carrying individual boxes. I mean, it really has. It's crazy. Now, do you and dolly it, it them? So no, okay, I've hired a moving right. company, baby. Three, so, so you could do Bennett and then, but that, do they actually do the moving or you just no, rent the Bennett? Bins? Okay. You just rent the bins and they pick them up when you're done. You tell them how long you want them, and then. 
Guys, I recommend a moving company. Uh, save two, three hundred dollars, four hundred dollars, whatever. If you can do it, I'm, the stress level. Right. I've now moved. I've now moved two or three times with these moving companies. Between Bennett and the movie companies, my move is going to happen in in five hours. It's going to be done, and the the bins will be sitting in the room, and all the furniture will be sitting in the rooms, and I won't have a stressed out back. I won't have to try to get fifty friends to help. Right, you know, and I mean, that's I'll always you afterwards. Right, and everybody's truck a and a U-Haul <laughs> truck, and then did we stack it right? I mean, I I recommend moving companies, Bennett, and it. I'm telling you, for the obsessive compulsive that I am. This was just my wheelhouse. Man, I love it. Right. So, yeah, that's That's what I recommend. All right. All righty. Well, Brent, thank you again for your time today. All right, man. See you. Thanks. Great interview with Brent. Definitely looking forward to helping them reach their goal to build a house and also looking forward to taking another trip to Haiti in the near future. Make sure to check out Brent's book in September. I'll send a reminder out about that for anybody who has interest in uh, reading the book and really just learning how to uh, show show God's love because that's uh, what we all need. Make sure to tune in to episode 10 for the month of August. I will be focusing on building and what that looks like. I'm actually recently just put a couple homes under contract for some buyers with new construction. So that'll be great timing with that. I'll sit down with um, some different builders, discuss different options, what to look for when you're choosing a builder and the difference between some of the builders. I've spoken and worked with several over the last several years and there could be different perspectives in what to look for, what to not, slab, crawl space, what type of ceiling, many different things. So And that should be interesting to uh, get different perspectives. Thanks again for listening to Music City Real Estate Show. If I can help you in any way in purchasing or selling your home, please reach out to me. And also, if you are not in the Nashville area and you're looking for a lender or a realtor, reach out. I can connect you with some in your area. Thanks again. I hope you have a great week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Music City Real Estate Show. If you enjoyed our program, please leave us an iTunes rating and review and subscribe for more music and valuable insights each week into Nashville's real estate landscape. Send your comments, questions, and ideas to podcast at buckwalterimpactgroup.com. And remember, don't give up until you find the property that's right for you. See you next time.